Would anyone like a lozenge? <laughs> I'm good for a lozenge. I'm, I'm absolutely fine. I'm not... Did you actually take some medication or are you just going to be eating lozenges throughout this, Jack? I had so much codeine. Oh, good. Just, you know, if you're constipated for more than than a couple of days, just, you know, get some lactulose down you. What's that? It helps you poo. Yeah. Or prunes. Prunes would do. Just, you know, (laughs) always be aware of your bowel. You look after your bowel and you won't get colic. You won't get cancer and die. Colitis. I was going to say um, colorectal cancer, but it's quite hard to get my my mouth around That's, that. I bet, yeah. yeah. And you shouldn't. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> never get your lips on colorect. Co- <laughs> I can't even say it again. Hey up! I'm Joe Heathcote, and this is Consistently Eccentric, a British history podcast where we try to make sense of some of the lesser known and more absurd people and events these islands have produced. So let's get started with. I really like what you did there, but can we try it with a bit of a different energy? Okay. <laughs> this story begins at the very start, the cusp, and just post-cusp, of the 18th century. which was May in... I interject already? Yes. Um, 18th century means... 1700s. 1700s, yeah. yes. You always go okay. one back if it's the century, yeah. Oh. Um, and it was, yeah, it was not a very good time to have been alive for a poor person. The average life expectancy was 39. Jeez. Oh. Yep. I've got nine years left. You've got Ten. I'm on a decade. Yeah, Yeah, you've still got a decade. That's fine. Uh, And if you were a rural poor person, which there's a one in four chance that you would have been at that time, and let's face it, we would have been. Yeah. I mean, I know Southport didn't exist, but the people Uh living in this area, it wasn't exactly the, you know. It wasn't metropolitan, was it? No, no. You were growing corn and sheep and was I wearing fine silk you were not wearing no, fine silk you were no. wearing rags Hessian bag <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would probably have lived in a basic one or two room cottage if you were lucky it wouldn't be a dirt floor but oh. it's probably a dirt floor uh, and as the century went on you would have found that your standard of living would have got better oh no oh. you poor sweet prince it would have got worse <laughs> because throughout the century the access to common land that British serfs had enjoyed for centuries was being restricted. Right. Uh, there were a series of laws that said all that stuff that you used to be able to use to graze your own animals, uh, no, that's private land now and someone's bought it. So it was to right. fill the coffers of the government and the king. Um, and it led to a few rich landowners basically creating massive farms and then being able to undercut your little crop holders and your shareholders because scale of industry so you'd you'd found your okay. living situation getting worse and worse and eventually you basically would have worked for a guy in what was akin to i don't want to say slavery but you definitely couldn't choose to leave so my life mm-hmm. expectancy of 39 yeah at the start of you forgot a life expectancy of 39 did um, that go down it went it dipped a little bit yeah oh, no it started um... towards the end of the century to be fair it started rising and it's pretty much risen since then but this was the point at which um, being a rural poor person stopped making any kind of financial sense and the life expectancy starts going up after they got off over the hiccup of um, the industrialization of the country so that hiccup yeah. there was, yeah, there was yeah. some teething yeah. troubles with everybody moving to towns at once yes as a result though of all of all of these things like I say you would have probably ended up as a labourer on a farm that was owned by a rich landowner. Hopefully, because not always, earning enough to feed your family. Are they all bastards or can you get a, a nice landowner? I imagine you would have got some landowners who were better than others. Like I say, you know, it wasn't everybody yeah, that... surely that's just the way of the world. <laughs> but you, you were very much reliant on the look of the draw with that. If you happen uh-huh. to live somewhere where the landowner was a bit of a shit... Oh dear. Very little yeah. you could do about that. You're, you're going to be dealing with that for the rest of your life. Uh, like I say, hopefully you'd earn enough to feed your family. Uh-huh. However, bearing in mind that the child mortality rate at this time was over one in three. Ooh. I know. You would often have households with up to eight or more kids in order to make sure you had a few 
to live through to adulthood to continue toiling of course yeah this large number of mouths to feed meant any increase in the price of grains due to a bad harvest or you know if people decided they just wanted to hoard it would push you below the breadline and that's the literal breadline as in you wouldn't even be able to get hold of bread yeah yeah (laughs) it is estimated that in the worst years more than one in five families in England found themselves unable to afford enough food to keep everyone in the family fed adequately. How many? One in five families in the entire country. Wow. Yeah. When this happened, it is likely that the man of the house, as the main wage provider, would be given larger portions of the food that they could afford. He needs the energy to, to work. Yeah, a manual labourer needed a, right. around yeah. 3,500 calories a day to do the work that they uh-huh. were doing. Um, And as a result of the man needing man fuel to do manly things, uh, it was generally the wife and kids who would be experiencing chronic malnutrition. was probably a contributing factor to the uh, child and infant mortality Uh and the generally low life expectancy because all that time you're developing your bones and your organs and all of those things you're going to need to live. You're you're not getting enough food. I I shouldn't be as happy about this, should I? You're just happy to be here. Yeah, I'm yeah I think to, that's it. I'm separate happy to be yeah. here. I'm not happy about the, the, story. the life yeah. expectancy. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and be more sombre. Even when Do you could please. get enough calories for everyone in your family, the vast majority of these would be from grains, wheat, barley, rye and oats, including an evening meal of gruel, which was a staple at this time. Okay. So you've got no protein Sounds whatsoever. fibrous, doesn't it? Yeah. it oh, would you are shitting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, they would get meat, <laughs> but again, normally you'd have the um, the common land where you could graze a few animals yourself, and okay. then you could have killed those for your own meat. But that avenue's gone. And some gone. vegetables, yeah, a yeah, few maybe. You could grow those in your in your cottage garden, but uh-huh. all of these things were being sort of encroached upon. So you would then have to go out and buy these items, and unfortunately, right. the cheapest food to buy would be your grains and uh-huh. your oats. So when you barely had enough money this was it pretty much yeah Yeah. gruel at the time was quite quite sloppy it was quite liquidy that's exactly how i imagine yeah Yeah. and they would deliberately undercook the oats so that they would continue to expand in your stomach making you feel fuller for longer Hmm. we should try that Kate. um (laughs) so that's the level of starvation we were at (laughs) was uh i'm just going to trick my body into thinking i'm still feeding it when i'm not it, it, it's like the thickness of gruel once it gets to a certain point is now porridge mm. yeah. yeah 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 well the other thing about uh gruel is you'd often make it with wine or beer mixed in oh um again things up. it'd give you a nice warming thing because it was the last meal before um bed and you didn't really have enough fuel to heat your home properly so you'd internally warm yourself it's a bit yeah. like alcoholic ready break i think is yeah. the best way of thinking yeah of it. yeah or a warm alcoholic milkshake, if that's, yeah, that's yeah, a dependent. better description. Yeah. Can I have my lumpy alcoholic <laughs> mi- milkshake before bed? Of course, dear. <laughs> Just a little ladleful for each child. <laughs> some for you, some for you. Away we go. Uh, as a poor person, you would have received no education. Uh, this was partially because there was no sort of system and also... It would have been actively frowned upon by the um, the nobles and the landowning classes because they didn't want you to better yourself because mm-hmm. that's competition. Um, and even worse, uh, marriages in some parishes still needed to be approved by the local landowner. So you oh, couldn't wow. even pick who you would share your terrible, terrible life with necessarily. And even if wow. you did, it was only after you'd been reminded that you weren't as good as certain other people. Yeah, you yeah. were much better than you. Is there any hope for these wow. people? Um, like the, because they've lived full lives and they had children, and you know they're not that far away from who we are. They must have had hopes and dreams and aspirations. I think they probably did some pleasure in their life. But but, sh- but surely that's is that not kind of informed by what you see? Do, do you know what I mean? Like how much of, how much of anything could they have really seen? Oh, it's like relative. Well. <laughs> I don't know, but our our dreams are based on things that we've we've seen, I guess, aren't they? So you know, the, the dream holiday is because you've seen 
Bora Bora and it looks beautiful. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you weren't seeing like, a lot. You were seeing what were your they... village, maybe the neighbouring village. Yeah. You're just dreaming of a, a slightly thicker gruel. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, surely. Well, it, yeah. it was eventually sort of forcing the sort of you know the working class into the towns where they were so much closer to the to the rich people uh-huh. because of the confines of okay, space that yeah, suddenly yeah. the sort of the landowner's property the manor was this thing in the distance and you weren't ever allowed to go there sure and you yeah. weren't ever allowed to actually see how these people really lived whereas the townhouses were right next to the slums because you know everyone needed to be within walking distance of the factory yeah, so yeah you were so much closer and you could start to go well i could you can I start could to do imagine. What he's doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's just a theory. Uh-huh. But yeah, we're still at the point where the vast majority of humans were just sentient beasts of burden who you just directed them to do a yeah. thing and expected them to do it. And it was into that level of existence that what? a girl called Mary Denyer was born oh. in 1701 in the parish town of Godalming in Surrey. <laughs> Godalming. Lovely place, probably. It's still there. I have heard of. I've, I've never still, known how. I think, that's what, I, think I pulled a face then because I was thinking that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it is still there. Young Mary sought to improve her station by marrying a man with a profession, because of course there was one way okay. to potentially yeah. just increase your, your standing a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that was via a good marriage if you were a woman, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, Accountant. At the age of nineteen. Oh God, no! She's aiming lower again. <laughs> you know. Carpenter. She married. A shipwright. A guy called Joshua Toft, who was a journeyman, clothier, or maker of cloth. Oh. Oh, That's so poetically said. Could you say that sentence again? Clothier or maker of cloth. Cloth. Yeah. (laughs) Because I didn't know if clothier meant he made the clothes or, you know. Ah, right, yeah. But no, he was just making sort of like the the cloth that would one day Ah, that because then it'd be, would it be a seamstress or a... Well, a draper was one. Or a draper, yeah. um, because you had a tailor and a draper and it was two different ways. So the tailor would measure you up and cut it. Whereas a draper is exactly like what it sounds. You just drape cloth over the person and then kind of sew it to fit on on, oh. the, on the body. Oh, okay. This is pre-mannequins. Well, no, this was because that was the way that you measured it to the person. You just oh. drape the fabric over yeah. them and then just sort of do it on the fly. Ah. Which, see, I, I think that's a much more artistic way of doing it you've got a lot more scope for it being happy little accidents when you're draping than you are when you're just measuring them and then cutting it out yeah. i don't i don't even know if drapers exist i'm sure some people must still someone's keeping it alive yeah. somewhere aren't they unfortunately though even though she felt she'd married up mm-hmm. her husband was not you know he wasn't having to toil in the fields but apparently he wasn't the best journeyman clothier in the world because his income wasn't quite enough to sustain the newlyweds. And as a result, um, especially when Mary started having kids, uh, they didn't have enough. Money. So what do you do? Oh. You know, he's working as hard as he can, mm-hmm. making cloth, and the kids aren't old enough to start I making mean, money. I mean, was it an option for a woman to work in these times? Oh, or... yeah. Okay. So Mary had to start working in the fields. Uh-huh. So... Oh. so She'd, she'd married up, but not high enough that she'd actually changed what she had to do day to day. Right. Yeah, so she was working in the Great British Outdoors, and as there was no such thing as social security during this time, that would continue right the way through her pregnancies. So she wasn't getting to stop at like the third trimester, Ooh. have a year off, and then sort of phased yeah, return. Yeah. She was yeah. working till she dropped the baby, and then as soon as she could walk again, she was back She's out back there out. doing whatever she needed to do. Uh, and it was Jesus. a tough few years for Mary, as you can imagine, as she dutifully had produced three kids called Mary, Anne and James, all while toiling in the fields around Godalming. What a woman. She was pregnant with a fourth child. So who looks after these kids when she's... Well, they'd just be with her. They'd just be watching them. They're just a baby strapped Yeah, I don't think they had, like... Crashes. No. Baby strapped her. The other kids yeah. are just running around. Because yeah. she was working with other women, so I'm guessing it was almost like a communal, we've got yeah. to get the work done, yeah. but one of us can... Watch the babies. Yeah, yeah, watch the babes. And, you know, you'd have the older women of the, the village who would when help they, that As way. soon as they could, the kids will be helping. As soon yeah. as, as, soon as yeah. they've managed that dexterity, yeah. they'll... Five, six, probably you can, we can find you a, a task. Probably, yeah. Because it's helping to increase the amount of productivity from your family, which means you get slightly more money. 
So as soon as that kid stops being a burden and starts being a producer, it's better for the family. Especially if you manage to keep a load of them alive, because then... Mm -hmm. You've got this little army of people. Yeah. And what are you, if you're not going to school, what are you supposed to do with your days as a five-year-old? Yeah, you're you meant yeah. to toil. You should carry the spades. <laughs> uh, so she was, yeah, she was out working in a field in late April 1726 when her and the other women happened to startle a rabbit. Uh-oh. In the field. Oh, yeah, it really is rut row. Yeah. Where's this going, Joe? Yeah. Oh. Well, the women decided, oh, here's fun. Let's try and chase the rabbit. And if we catch it, we'll have rabbit pie for tea. And they so had a little they had a little jog after the rabbit. And I, in my head, all of these women are heavily pregnant at the time okay. and had no chance of catching this rabbit. But it was just, oh, come on, just five minutes away from being bent over. We'll just try and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We can imagine what rabbit pie might taste like. Yeah. Uh, amazingly, they failed to run down the rabbit. They then saw another rabbit. And he went, oh, let's have a go at that one. But this one, again, was as fast as a regular rabbit. So they were stuffed and it got down its burrow. So they had to go home without any rabbits for the pot, which is very sad. Oh, and they were knackered, oh, extra knackered. they were, yeah. All out of puff. So yeah. they probably made less money that day as well. Poor things. Lost. They don't know where they are. They've been chasing rabbits for <laughs> 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Kent. How the hell <laughs> are we supposed to get back now? <laughs> what the kids are just in the field like <laughs> mummy <laughs> just getting dark yeah, yeah. Uh, now Mary claims that during the night following her failed attempts to catch the rabbits she had a dream <sighs> and in the dream the two rabbits were sat contentedly in her lap oh. she was stroking them she was just comforting them wasn't yeah. wringing the necks or anything she was just happy to be with the rabbits yeah. she had yeah. them she then woke feeling incredibly sick. Okay. Mm -hmm. There you go. However, after recovering from her sickness, Mary found that the only thing she wanted to eat was rabbit. The only thing she could think about was rabbit. Ooh. It, it, it haunted her thoughts. She couldn't, she couldn't focus on the kids. She couldn't focus on her work because she kept drifting off just imagining rabbits. Everything, I imagine. everything she looks at morphs into a rabbit. Yeah, head. sometimes she looks at her kids and suddenly they have big floppy ears. Like, eating carrots. Yeah. 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 What's wrong, mother? Oh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. But unfortunately for her, I mean, we've said, you know, Joshua, he tried his best, did mm -hmm. Joshua Toft, but he wasn't pulling in rabbit money. Okay, right, no right. rabbit money. Uh, Mary had to make do with her gruel, just oh. like the rest of the family. For three months, three whole months, Mary's desire for rabbit turned into an obsession. Until finally, oh, in this August, continued. Yeah, this, this was first. this was just part of her now. Wow. She, okay. She was a woman who How needed odd. a rabbit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Finally, in August, the mental stress became too much, and induced complications in her pregnancy. It was either focusing on rabbits, or it was the malnutrition and the intense physical labour and the lack of any kind of health support that she'd received to this yeah, point i mean that would be valid yeah i think it's a rabbit uh, well, yeah <laughs> in that august mary passed a number of blood clots and a piece of flesh she would later describe as being as big as my arm oh however she did not seek the services of a midwife oh no even though her mother-in-law literally was one oh and lived in the same village so how much she must have mistrusted her mother-in-law yeah yeah that she wouldn't think to just, you know, just even a conversation. Get is, it checked. Is this normal? Yeah. You know, oh, does, no. So she just assumed that that was it, that, you know, we'll see what happens come due day. Yeah. Oh, crikey. Finally, on September 27th, 1726, Mary Toft went into labour. She called a neighbour round, rather than her mother-in-law, to share in the experience. Um, but instead of welcoming a fourth Toft child into the world... The neighbour watched in horror as Mary produced <gasps> several rabbit body parts from her vagina. What? But not knowing what to do, the neighbour called Toff's mother-in-law, <laughs> who in turn sent the bits of animals off to the local man midwife, John Howard. I don't understand what's happening. What? Well, a man midwife. I know that's the bit that's getting you. So we're getting towards <laughs> the Renaissance and um, sort of the Enlightenment um, and up until this point, it was women's problems for women and you would have uh -huh. a, a female midwives. So it'd just be the older women would look after the younger women because they've been through it before. Yeah. But as 
science started to become more refined and as it started to be well we've got to do this in a more scientific rational way men started getting involved in gynecological care and the process of giving birth because they felt okay we can improve the way that this is done by using rationality and science yeah and yeah suddenly it was something that men decided they needed to stick their oar into so yeah Yeah. you know this um mary toff's mum had probably delivered thousands of kids but the man midwife is the one you're going to go to if anything untoward happens because he'll come and he is superior use his superior scientific man brain yeah to sort it so that's john howard that's the bit you were confused about i know no it wasn't at all it was the it was the it was the rabbit fanny the bits thing. of rabbit i believe it was a couple <laughs> rabbit fanny it was a couple of um <laughs> it was a couple it was a torso that had the lungs on the outside so it was a malformed rabbit torso and then there were a couple of legs i think so there's no ears or little no no, no, no. little button noses no 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 was these... any of it human no these were all bits of rabbit says who well says they sent it off to john howard who verified that it was bits of rabbit. And she had a normal, well, whatever can be described as a normal labour. She did in... a, She did a bit of huffing and puffing and, uh, and then yeah. bore down and produced these things. Wow. And at first, okay. would you believe John Howard was sceptical, this man of science? He was sceptical that... He's that, just hoping it's rabbits, so he can that... have rabbit pie later. <laughs> um, he was especially uh, sceptical when he arrived at the Toft home the next day to be presented with yet more pieces of animal that Mary had supposedly birthed. So he turned up and they just had more bits of rabbit for right. him. And went, this happened while we were waiting for you. And he looked at the bits of rabbit and looked at Mary and went, all right, fine. Well, I'll stay for in the evening just to see if you're done. And it probably would have been, if nothing else happened, he'd have chalked it up to, sometimes things happen. And yeah. gone back about his merry way. Because he wasn't making any money off this at this point, was he? Um, however... So what are people thinking is happening? They don't, can't I mean, you couldn't, they don't know. Are they, just, you... they don't know at the moment. Well, if we take that it is rabbit parts... Yeah. We all know that the only way there's rabbit parts in her mm. is that she's... She's such, put she, Yeah, or, or somebody someone else. Has put Do we know that, though? No, that's all we've got. Okay. <laughs> But I'm thinking at the time, are they thinking she can bear rabbit? Well, well this is this is what this John is Howard is investigating. He said he'll stay for a little while um, to see, but he's pretty sure that this is just a practical joke they're having on the man midwife. Mm-hmm. But over the next few days, he himself helped to deliver, and this is a direct quote, oh. three legs of a cat of tabby colour and one leg of a rabbit. The guts were as a cat's. And in them were three pieces of the backbone of an eel. So, I mean, one thing that I'm questioning... Is how she get all the things? She can't even catch a rabbit. Well, okay. I mean, valid, yeah. yeah. But also, I mean, we're in... What 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 year? We're in the 1700s, 1726. We? I mean, how, how good was this guy at... Um, ident- how, like, how did he know it was a cat? Was, and how did he know it was an eel? Three legs it of a was cat, a tabby colour. You don't no, get many other. Oh, you don't oh, get many other. It was for. Well, this is what I'm thinking. Like, you don't was... get many other naturally tabby coloured animals in England. No, no, no. So that might help. Okay. The leg of a rabbit. We all know what a lucky rabbit's foot looks like, and I assume the backbone of an eel would have been quite. It's either Do that or a grass snake. You that's, know. Yeah, that's true. Um... Mm. Okay, well, mm. naturally, John Howard's first thought was mm-hmm. not for the comfort of Mary, um, but how could he possibly profit of this miraculous phenomena? Mm. As it didn't seem that Mary would stop popping out bits of animal anytime soon. Right. She was regularly going into labour and producing more. And bits we're days of on now. We're days on, yeah. yeah. He's, it, it, this has been happening for at least three or four days by this point. Okay. Uh, John decided what he'd do is he'd send letters to his friends in London recounting the story and saying he was going to take Mary with him to stay in Guildford where he would deliver a rabbit or two for anybody who wanted to come and see. And presumably he was doing this for just a small fee to help with the upkeep of Mary in his house. By November, one of these letters had made its way to the royal court of George I. And George was so intrigued by the story that he sent his own royal surgeon a man by the name of Nathaniel St. Andrade, 
Oh, fantastic. Oh to investigate. Yeah, it's a good name, isn't it? Yeah. Very romantic name. Uh, well. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a romantic lead. Say Ooh. again. Nathaniel St. Andrade. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, St. Andrade had become a surgeon <laughs> after failing so badly at teaching fencing that he was seriously injured by a pupil of his. So he started out as a fencing teacher. But it was while he was getting patched up that he noticed the surgeon who was working on him appeared really wealthy <laughs> and significantly less stabbed. Yeah. Which is always a positive in your work, I find. So he just watched yeah. this surgeon sewing up his gaping wound and went, I'm going to do what you do now. Is that experience? He's wielded a blade. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're halfway there, yeah, aren't you? I suppose so. Although he was also, shockingly, not a particularly good surgeon either. He was able to get into the good graces of the king as he could converse with him in his native German. Right, okay. So he basically took advantage of the fact that George quite liked having a surgeon, you know, on his staff who could speak to him in German. Yeah. And didn't really care that much. Because I don't think King George I had that much surgery done. Yeah, I mean, so it's more it's of an honorary it... position, yeah. if anything. Because yeah. uh, he also had a, a king's physician who would deal with, you know... The more general yeah. ailments. We'll meet him later, actually. Ooh, okay. St. Andrade arrived with an MP called Samuel Molyneux in Guildford, just in time to see Mary go into labour pains. Oh. So he got there. Mm. Good timing. They, yeah. they don't need to hang around. Who's doing see. this to Mary? St. Andrade examined her and, not finding her parts prepared for labour, was a bit surprised to deliver a skinless rabbit torso a few minutes later. After further examination, though, St. Andrade deduced that the rabbits, he knows where they're coming from, they were oh. being bred in the fallopian tubes, specifically on Mary's right side. So he's very, very so he... uh, sure about where they were coming from. So he's thinking, what? He's thinking that the rabbits are being bred in the fallopian tubes and then are coming from the fallopian tubes Wow-y. down through. Because Mary had some swelling on her right side, just right. up, slightly up from where you... So it's like, well, there's okay. some swelling there. That's where the fallopian tubes will be. That must be where the rabbits are coming from. Because, you know, they're naturally burrowing creatures, so they'd be a bit further up. Than just you know the womb, wouldn't they? They're going to be. This is crackers. Mm. It's pissing wow. me off. Well, all of this goes to show that the state of gynaecology wasn't great in the early 18th century. Yeah. Uh, and you'd think that no one would be taking the idea of women giving birth to animals seriously. However, for one male midwife, it was complete vindication because John Mowbray, he was a respected physician who had written the influential book *The Female Physician* only two years earlier in 1724. And in it, he put forward the concept of maternal impression. Okay. Which basically states that a strong emotional attachment to something the woman has dreamt of or saw would influence the development of the fetus. In extreme cases, he believed that a woman may give birth to an animal called a sutakin. Right. So So this is that dream that she had with the rabbit. According to Mowbray's theory. Would completely explain why she was now giving birth to rabbits. Right. Fun fact, Stuart Little, the beloved children's character, Mm -hmm. is actually a suitorkin. Okay. Yeah, because he was birthed. He he is a brother of the other guy. He is a child of the Littles. So he is a suitorkin. I always found that a little bit weird, didn't you? I didn't know that until the second. Oh, Mm. did you not see Stuart Little? No. Not read it, no. Mm. So he was a suitorkin, but this was an eminent physician who wrote a book where he posited this as a theory in all seriousness. And uh-huh. for him, this was vindication. So he started sort of sniffing around this case going, finally, I have so the proof was, to right, my theory. So it was previously purely a theory. It was yeah, a postulation, yeah. if you will. Well, there'd always been this stories was... going around, you know, like... okay. A woman in I mean, some backwater place has given birth to a frog. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Oh. Yeah, there were always these sort of apocryphal tales and there was rumour, but now he had a woman who was only in Guildford. Just, you know, you could get there from London quite quickly mm-hmm. and you could go and see her proving his theory. Yeah. Right. So he was absolutely ecstatic at the fact that this was happening. So what you had in essence now were three doctors. What's who... Mary saying about all this? What She's... does she think is happening? She's very quiet. Very... She's very quiet, but... She's more like an object at this point. Yeah, well, she's constantly giving birth to these bits of rabbit. And also, 
for the last week now, she's not been working on the fields. She's been in a lovely nice bed, in a nice mm. house in Guildford. Stuffing rabbit parts. Up well, getting nice. fed regularly. Someone's getting doing to it. sleep. <laughs> but she's she's actually her you know her living situation vastly improved massively. Yeah, yeah. she's she's doing well for herself. I mean, you know, That's I feel a true. bit sorry for her husband Joshua Toft, who's now at home with the kids. On of his course, own, yeah. worrying about his wife because he doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We do. She's you, putting it up there. You think you know? She's she's checked in a luggage I don't think and she's got a big wet be... bag of parts. That's true. Do you think? Do you think? <laughs> deflecting people I, away I, I from? No, no, I'll carry that. No, <laughs> it'll be well, twisty. This is that. part of taking her to Guildford because then you've got you know she's away from her community. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that may as well be the moon. Right. So she's got, you know, mm. I mean, her sister was visiting her regularly. I'll give you that. But there's no reason to suspect Eel that bone. her sister was involved in this. <laughs> but in essence, what you had now was three doctors who had a vested interest in Mary's story being true. Uh-huh. Because John Howard, he was getting so much attention from all of these eminent physicians. They were coming and asking him to give the case history. Right. You know, he, he was thinking, I can parlay this into, you know, a bit. if nothing else, my business is going to pick up. You've yeah. got Santa, Saint Andrade, who's desperate to be taken serious. Mm. You know, I'm, it's not just because I speak the German. <laughs> I am a good surgeon, and this is his chance to, you know, write a proper case report and to show that he can be a serious man of science as well. Uh-huh. And you've got what's his face, Mowbray, who's just like, yes, well, yes, women him, can give birth is... to animals. I knew it. <laughs> I you all call me you. mad. And now look at her. <laughs> and they were all willing to stake their reputations on it okay mary meanwhile as i've said was quite enjoying a vacation uh, from starving being Why? worked to death and if all she had to do was give birth to a little bit of rabbit or cat every or day eel. or eel or whatever how is she not got an infection it seems a she small price has. to pay mm. it just hardened at that time yeah unfortunately having sent his surgeon to visit mary King George went and spoiled everyone's good time by sending his royal physician as well, the preposterously named Syriacus Athlers. And that's A-H-L-E-R-S. So I'm going with Athlers. Like a really soft kind of afterthought of a name. Athlers, yeah. But then when you've got such a strong first name as Syriacus... That's true. Yeah, you don't need to follow it with anything. The bang's in the the first name, isn't it? Call for Syriacus. God, you know, they're just so handsome, all these physicians. Mm. What was the other one? Nathaniel. Nathaniel St. Andrade. Oh. It's the... <laughs> Every time Dreamy. <laughs> the problem Stone is... Stone cold. <laughs> Syriacus, uh, he started to actually observe what was going on and he noticed that Mary appeared to be holding her thighs together rather tightly. Um, he also noticed that Howard and St. Andrade wouldn't let him assist in birthing any of the pieces of rabbit, despite him probably being the most qualified medical professional there. Uh, and he also observed, when he was allowed to see the bits of bunny afterwards, that they appeared to have been cut with a knife at some point. Uh, and the intestines contained rabbit pellets that were made up of hay and grasses, suggesting the bunny had lived in the great outdoors at some point before it moved into Mary Toff's vagina. Either that... Or she was also growing that a meadow <laughs> uh, in her fallopian tubes. <sighs> so silly. Of course she's not putting it up there. But he, di- he didn't give away his suspicions straight away. And instead, he quickly made some excuses and returned to London. Because he wanted to... So no tell- one's actually seen it come out, the fanny. No, they have. No, they have. Yeah, they, yeah. These guys have been, been physically there. helping to birth these, these bits well, of animal parts. She was just holding the legs really... Yeah, that's what he noticed. He walked into the room and she was holding her legs together really tightly. And then before birthing. Oh, she's just trying to hold it in. I'm going into labour again. And then, yeah. Bam. Yeah. I mean, I doubt it's particularly squelchy. No. It's dry. Quite, I would have thought. That's why she's deferred them. That's why they're all deferred. No, they weren't all deferred. No. I mean, some of them, (laughs) yeah. Some of them were, some of them weren't. So Syriacus, he made his um, excuses and he returned to tell the king that he thought the whole thing was a hoax. But he was waiting for the king to make a decision. He didn't want to announce that because obviously... I don't think he did make an excuse. 
And then you just went, fuck off. He's <laughs> in this shit. I, I like to think he watched it and he went, huh? huh? So sort I of presented it with him and he just turned on his heel and walked out. Just like, didn't no. say anything. No. Not even entertaining this. Yeah. Howard and Andrade are like, I think he bought it. Do you think? Hey, he bought <laughs> Defo, it. Just fine. He's just, he's so in shock. He'll, he'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Dear God, this has upended my entire understanding of the human being. Uh, the king, though, he ordered St. Andrade, because he wants to be super sure, to bring Toff to London so that she could be placed under constant supervision from neutral parties in order to prove the affair one way or the other. So the king is actually being really, really lenient to um, St. Andrade and saying, OK, my, my actual qualified doctor, the guy who knows about these things, is saying it's all bullshit, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because you're so insistent We'll actually set up an experiment under experimental conditions where people who aren't either you or John Howard are going to be with her and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's wondering which doctor he's got to fire, basically. He's like, I just want to be sure about which one because at some point one of them may be saving my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to fire the one who's an idiot. Mary arrived in London on November 29th and was put up in a brothel called Lacey's Bagneo. Right. Yeah, because you're not going to spring and put her in a hotel. She's no. given birth to rabbit parts. No, no. Do <laughs> you want someone that's already been soiled? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not going to get any better. <laughs> so, oh, the housekeeper in the morning. Well, do you know what the sad thing is? Because <laughs> all the prep's been done in that room. <laughs> this was probably this was probably another step up for Mary in terms of her living situation. It's like. And finally, I've risen to the rarefied air of a brothel yes. in London. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It probably is a... Probably the cleanest place she'd <laughs> yeah. ever lived, ironically. Where's she getting the parts from? Well, she's getting full animals and cutting them up, but she Does, can't catch a rabbit. We don't know yet that it is that she's getting them. She may be gestating them and birthing them. You've got Shut to maintain up. an open mind yeah, here, it, Jack. This is, why we're doing this. <laughs> this is why we've set up this highly scientific experiment in this brothel to make sure that we can figure out if it's true. Because you're, you know you're how mocking. I am. How long if, do you reckon you it would take? tell me this is true, I'll probably believe it. Look, it takes nine months to gestate a baby, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A rabbit's foot. How long's that? A, a day? It doesn't take that long. It's only tiny. And lots of these bits aren't even being grown to full size. You know, they've got bits they've not even grown the skin on some of these she's just popping out bits left right and center it could happen oh god just thinking of the preparation room <laughs> just like the bits that she couldn't how do i put this that, that all the goes body in wouldn't the stew. accept that all goes in the stew oh she just reuses or the it. pie or whatever yeah of course yeah. they're not going to be wasteful oh, right I, I actually think that's why it's just feet and ears there's no like like Maybe, yeah. yeah you're, maybe you're not it's a, a way of it, you're not it's, getting a rabbit loin being produced here. No, it's a true. way of using the whole eel bone. Really getting bone. it's not the meat. Yeah, yeah. So oh, she it's... she ended up in this brothel anyway, mm-hmm. and because it was the big city, because everyone had heard of this story at the moment, because the king had sent two separate envoys to go and check this oh, thing out and have brought her back. Kind of Every national, bugger went yeah. for a look. Everyone in London went for a look. And we have, like, diarists from the time who, they just went to have a nosy. They weren't interested scientifically. They just wanted to go and see. And Mary put on a good show. She'd be sat in bed, huffing and puffing. But she was in the big leagues now. She wasn't She wasn't in Guildford. Mm. She was in London. Mm. And would you believe she started to experience a bit of stage fright, a bit of performance oh. anxiety. And from the moment she was moved to London, she didn't produce a single rabbit. Produced nothing at the whorehouse. She couldn't do it. Oh, God. Would you enjoy that as a date night? What? What's that? To go and see a, a woman birth? Well, to go and see a woman bits. fail no, well, to birth I rabbit bits. Go straight there. Right. Go to Bella Italia. Ooh. You could have something from the set menu. Oh, could I? Yeah, but oh, it's not one of the three. It's like me. you pick a starter or you pick a dessert. Oh, the two the two. Oh, right. Yeah. The two course, two course set menu. Yeah. Right, you'd, pro- right. you'd probably pick a starter. Well, that's yeah. good because then you can pick the dessert, and actually, you can have half starter, half dessert. No, how would that would work is I have no starter and half a dessert. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Kate, Kate doesn't share food. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. and then off to see Mary in her big performance at the whorehouse. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, yeah. 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 
right. Yeah. A bit arranged. Well, that's the problem. How long do you stay? Because I think you get into that point where she keeps doing a grunt in the... Three hours. Yeah, but at some point... Is that you're what you're like, saying? Yeah. Three hours I've max. invested so much time into watching, staring intently at this Because you know it as soon as you turn your back. Yeah. Everyone goes... Happen. You'd be yeah. just out the door and you'd hear, Hooray! <gasps> Yeah, Mary, Mary, Mary. <laughs> no, and you'd run back up. <laughs> but it's done. So yeah, you've missed like, it. Yeah, you have to come back tomorrow. Yeah, oh. that's it. Like the stir you'd have, like your eyes would be so dry because you haven't blinked. Yeah, just, just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but even even though now that she'd been like staring at the sun in a place where you know she was being observed all the time by most of London, and yeah. she stopped producing rabbits. St Andrade, he was he was invested and he, he was like, well, this doesn't necessarily prove that she didn't give birth to rabbit parts. That just proves that she's not giving birth to rabbit parts now. And how long was she going to keep doing this? Was this going to be the rest of her life? Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. She she gave birth to rabbits. Now she's not giving birth to rabbits. Yeah. That's a good there thing. There was going to be yeah. an end point somewhere yeah. kind of thing. Okay. And well, it just... wasn't rabbits, was it? Mm-hmm. If you... How many is in a litter of rabbits? Uh, it's not I don't know. I feel like it's nine. So if you're birth-ish, so if you produce a litter in your fallopian tubes, uh-huh. and you were given birth to it piecemeal, yeah, yeah, yeah it's... I mean, this started late September, and we're in December now. But I mean, you can't because twenty-seven well, well, separate births. A, birth a pregnancy within the fallopian tubes would be an ectopic pregnancy. It would. It, it would yeah. be non-viable, so, which is why yeah, the rabbits weren't. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay, no one said yeah, she gave. She yeah. never gave birth to a live rabbit. That's true. That's yeah. True. So that's yeah. something. Um, but yeah. He was like, this doesn't prove that she didn't, so... Stop there a sec. Oh. Sorry. Oh. We were, we were really... Right. We were on a roll then, but... We, really um, we were. Quick, we were quick comfort break, everyone. Take take two. Two? Um, That's not a comfort break. <laughs> so. Yeah. Fanny rabbits. Determined to prove... <laughs> One sec, Joe. Um... You can't just say fanny rabbits and then <laughs> expect me not to leap into the story. Uh, just... Or hop. <laughs> hop back in. Let's hop back into fanny rabbits. <laughs> okay. Fanny rabbits. <laughs> Do it again. Just Fanny rabbits. Let's hop back in. Because, like I say, St. Andrade... You stole Kate's joke. I did. I it's all right. Care. It's fine. You can have it. Thank you. You know I have writers for all my jokes. <laughs> I write the history content and then I workshop with a team of comedians because it hasn't been good for them over the lockdown. They've needed work. They can't do their own sort of live shows like they used to. So we, we, we workshop ideas. Brainstorm. Yeah. Let's sit down. What have we got? The concept is fanny rabbits. What jokes can you throw at me? Come on. I know it's a dry subject and there's, there's not a lot of humour there inherently, but let's... let's I envision them deep. all sat down looking up at you as you've got one foot up on a, a very high table <laughs> <laughs> come on guys let's get this done but yeah so St Andrade he decided what I'll do is I'll go all in I'll do, go for this sort of um, oh, don't do that the, <laughs> I'll no go room. <laughs> I'll go for the propaganda and what he did he went out and he got signed affidavits from loads of people who said yeah I saw her give birth to a bit of rabbit I'm willing to swear that this is what I saw and he was going, he was all around uh, Godalming, he was all around Guildford, just getting everyone to sign that they'd seen this. And he decided he'd produce a pamphlet. A good um, old pamphlet. This was the age of the pamphlet. Yeah, Everyone better, was producing pamphlets. better pamphlet. way to spread information. Yeah. And he produced this pamphlet, which he felt would vindicate his point of view and say, well, even if she's not giving birth now, this, this proves that she did, because all of these people can't be wrong. Uh-huh. Um. And he produced his pamphlet on December the 3rd, detailing all the evidence, all the affidavits, everything. It's like a, there you go. Yes, this, this physician may be questioning it, but I've got people who say what they saw, so that beats actual evidence. Yeah. It proved to be bad timing. Oh. As the very next day, it had been discovered that Mary's husband, Joshua, had been buying an awful lot of rabbits over the past few months. Oh. With this highly suspicious coincidence, I didn't see him. No, no, he was no. so in the background, wasn't really? he? Yeah, well, that's that's when you've got a Dear when you're me. doing a con, you need that person mm-hmm. who you got to bait and switch. But it's the brilliance of Joe's writing. I was mm-hmm. just about to say you painted it so well because you just you just 
Made sure he was there in the background. But so he does. No highlights. Oh, he's just at home with the kids. Well, yeah. Nora John. Yeah. But it's only suspicious. I mean, she mm-hmm. has been saying for months. And then he's got hunks. She wants he rabbits. He's bringing yeah. hunks up, and that's where our minds go. Mm. To Nathaniel. Ah, of course. Denton <laughs> Um Yeah, but it's only it's only a you know it's it's not evidence, is it? Yeah. Okay. You, okay. It's conjecture. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah, not going to get yeah. you in a court of law. It's a talking point. Yeah. It's something to consider. Um, it was put to Mary on December the seventh. That you know, mm. your husband's been buying a lot of rabbit, and your sister's been visiting you quite a bit and mm-hmm. bringing you care packages. Um, are the two things related? Nope. She decided it was time to come clean oh. and confessed she had been placing chunks of rabbit up a chuff for the past two months. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> what? However, <laughs> it was never mentioned, and I could find no indication of where and how they got hold of the cat. Oh, the eel. No, the eel was in the cat's belly. So that's fine. That was just oh, a, right, a twofer. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like they said, and and we also skinned a cat, which at some point they clearly did. Oh, that's how you have to get it wow, in. Wow, of skin course. It. I like to think one of the kids was building up to be a serial killer and that's how they got rid of the evidence. I think that was a, so, the skin cat was just a byproduct of a nice hat. Or it could have been like, you know, they were, they were dialing in the concept. They were like, we don't know where this is going to go, but we could do this and we'll get some publicity. Then we can kind of work out how we can parlay that into money. So they were just throwing ideas and like, well, what if it's not just rabbit? What if she can produce all different animals? And then it was like, we, have a, we can't really afford any other eating animals. Uh-huh. Have they declawed Street the cat? cat? Yeah. And if we start taking all the cats, people are going to notice. That'll, yeah. You know, yeah. you might be able to take one or two strays, but once Godalming is now a catless town. Yeah. There was a spate of cat killings in Brighton. Now we know why. Not long ago, it was it was really dark. It was mm-hmm. awful. Oh God, but was the the uh, the kitten producing woman of Brighton at the same time? Were they just poisoning the food? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It was some dark. guy. They, they got the guy. It was some twisted individual. Love how you those crackers, isn't it? Love how you describe that <laughs> twisted individual. Not some dickhead or some randomer. Some twisted individual who. It's not a dickhead who does that. I'd describe if you said to me someone's been poisoning cats. I go, what a dickhead! No, because dickheads kind of too stupid. That was so calculated. Like loads of cats. Impulse, you know, impulsive and fumbling is a dickhead. Okay, twisted individual is calculated. Okay, Mm, mm. do you know what you've you've yeah you've convinced me. Okay, okay, (laughs) he's a twisted individual. Um, fanny cats. Unsurprisingly, the entire thing had made Mary seriously ill. And she was lucky not to have developed septicemia, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. But from what I could read, she decided that actually she she got a bit of notoriety out of it. She That's got what... a nice clean bed for a little while, but... the Did cost... they make any money? No, Did not they... really. They didn't she, she got a bit of a rest. From it. I, I think it was one of those, it was impulsively done and they assumed at some point down the line profit would happen. Right, but right. Then they started to see Imagine that. Imagine having that conversation. Mm. Whose idea was it? Yeah, like, I mean, I imagine hers after the dream. The dream has, or was the dream? No, she she explained the dream, the dream after course. she started yeah, giving yeah, birth yeah, to the rabbits. Course. That was her reasoning behind why it was happening. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I assume she she miscarried, and then it was uh-huh. okay. So, some someone had a light bulb moment. <laughs> Just what if we pretend it was John, wasn't it? John Howard. Ooh, that's a little well, it, sneeze. It may have been John, but, you know... Why he'd would have it had have been John? I don't know. I just had the... Like, thinking of the conversation. Hi, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> just got this idea. I was skinning a cat before. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you, you were telling me that story how you chased the rabbits and it was good fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, um, maybe it was a case of somebody... Could I put this in you? Yeah. Somebody in a trustworthy position, like the you know local man midwife, going, I bet you we could make money out of this. Now, hear me out, because it's going to sound weird. It's going to sound a little bit strange, but what if we convince people you're giving birth to rabbits? I'm sure we can make money out of it. Your kids will be fine. You'll be well-fed. Joshua won't have to be the world's worst clothier anymore. Won't it be uncomfortable? <laughs> no, we're going to... We're gonna... Defer them, yeah. and it'll slip right in. <laughs> Bit of lard. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to lubricate using some gruel. It's genius. We're going to do it in pieces. Yeah. Do you think she just went crackers after 
she if she's if if like we say she, she miscarried, miscarried and then that was a very insensitive way to put it she just miscarried and she'd gone crap do you know what i mean like some sort of kind of postpartum well and this was her way of, of explaining it that she hadn't miscarried and, she was giving and then, birth to bits but then of someone kind of whether it was john or whoever it feels like someone was playing on her and it finally got maybe. to the point where someone gave her an out and went look i really think that you're putting these things up yourself and mm, she was in so much mm. pain and she's so tired of being gawped at because yeah, yeah. in guildford it was quite nice you know she had a nice bed it was a private house then she was moved to a brothel yeah it would have been quite busy quite loud yeah and she's and it's getting harder, All hours harder and harder well. to keep the the thing going and she's getting sicker and sicker and it was just yeah. like thank, no okay fine hold my hands up uh-huh. but this you know this it's was a the couple of days men are there and you're like oh fuck yeah he's yeah. involved now yeah. the kink yeah. yeah it's like how did it get this far <laughs> yeah but yeah, this was, um, what would this be? Four days after St. Andrade. Maybe, maybe it was just a party trick. Done the thing. That no. she'd done for years. No. She had th- no. Or she had a mental break because she realised that day she was chasing the rabbits. Mm. It was the best day of her life. And it was just the realisation that something so What? I've, 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 I've peaked. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that all she needs? Yeah. She's just chasing yeah. it. Well, the three doctors who'd staked their reputation mm-hmm. on this, uh, they were ridiculed in the press. However, amazingly, it didn't prove to be the biggest scandal of St. Andrade's career. Mm. Two years later, he was again with the MP Samuel Molyneux. Only this time, he was providing treatment following Samuel experiencing a fit. Oh. Firstly, I think if Samuel had had a say in who was treating him, he wouldn't have picked this doctor. So we can right. assume he was mid-fit when St. Andrade said, I'll help. I'll help. I'll be that guy. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, the treatment resulted in a mild case of death, unfortunately. Oh. So St. Andrade's help wasn't particularly was, helpful in no, this instance, no. and Molyneux died. St. Andrade followed this up by immediately eloping with the newly made widow Molyneux. The same night he had failed to save her husband, oh, right. he eloped good, with her. Good which, man. Yeah, some people started to suggest maybe there'd been some foul play there. Mm. It's not often that... Yeah, I mean... Either that or he's taking comforting the widow way too way far. Way too far, yeah. Okay. Where, did they, where did they elope to? Um, her her family had money and it was to her estates. Mm. He did eventually mm. end up in an arms house. So he did get some kind of comeuppance, but that right. was probably because... What's it, sorry, what's an arms house? Uh, so like a workhouse, a poor house. Ah, right, of so course. So he did eventually run out of money. A-L-M. Yeah, S. arms. Ah, right. Okay. But you could say that was just because um, he didn't expect to live as long as he did because he died in the arms house in his 90s. Fuck me. Did St. Andrade. Wow. So I imagine it was a case of, I've eloped with the widow Molyneux. We're going to spend like there's no tomorrow because mm. we've got enough money to take us. Even if we live to be 70, 80 years old, we'd still have money to burn. And then he was 85 and he was starting to get to the end of the finances and then he was 90 and it had all run out and he's like, Mm. oh, shit. So he checked into an almshouse. Mary, however, didn't really have a reputation to smear, so they just sent her to prison on a charge of being an abominable cheat and imposter. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I mean, there wasn't any... um... Well, was she though? Yeah. Really? Where'd well, you put the crazy people at that time? Well, no, because really, was around. she was no different to a magician. She is very different no, no, to no, a no, magician. No, hang on, hang on. Dada, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, it's it's cruder. <laughs> it's, it's more it's more crude, I suppose. It's more. Um, I, I, yeah. Oh my god, this is a no, stage show no, we no, could but, put on today. No, the crude but, magician. But you, you wouldn't do them for fraud. What, the hand, handkerchiefs from the mouth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's one thing. Well, that's, the oh rabbit out the hat, it's just that it's a dead <laughs> rabbit out of vagina. It's the same <laughs> principle, though, surely. To, to call it fraud. Well, yeah, I, I guess it's the same principle in... Or what the, did the, the trick is getting people not to notice abominable, that you put a Abominable cheat. cheat. Mm. I, yeah. I don't think... Then you've got to tar all magicians with the same charge, is what I feel, maybe. No, in this day and age, you know, you still... Um, well, no, actually, we're getting towards the end of the witchcraft profit, did she? She stuff, didn't so. actually profit. No, well, magicians don't say, yes, this arrest. is absolute magic. Yeah. Like, real magic. They it's just it's say, implied that it's a trick. They always refer to them as tricks. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, so for this is that... a trick. Right, okay. 
the, the idea is you all enter into a sort of implied contract that you're not going to look too far into it uh-huh. and just enjoy the wonder and they're not which gonna... is what i do yeah yeah when i enjoy magic and you and just tear it apart yeah no no i enjoy yeah. it i subscribe to that i'm not going to look too far into this and i'm wild every time actually in terms of the uh the pamphlets. Saint Andrade uh-huh. wasn't the only one who wrote a pamphlet. There were loads of them flying around, and it was all sort of these twenty-six page little things where people were talking shit about each other as as the fallout happened. So you'd have people trying to distance themselves, and other people would be like, "Well, I never believed this, and here's for why." So it's like social media at it the was, time. It was like the social it? media via, at the time. Pamphlet. Slower. My <laughs> yeah. favorite pamphlet though was a satirical 10% account. Ten percent of the population can actually read it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the best one though it wasn't between the doctors. It was a satirical account of the affair written by a fictionalized version of Mary called Mary Tuft, and it was published in 1727. By which time Mary had been released from prison and returned to her life of near destitution. Amazingly, yeah. she gave birth to another daughter at some point. Oh wow! So, so it, she hadn't. She wasn't irreparably damaged yeah, herself yeah. through this. She was able to give birth again. Uh, but other than the charge for receiving stolen goods in 1740, which again points to the idea that they were so desperate for money that even the most outlandish idea, you know, shove bits of an animal <laughs> up yourself, yeah, step three profit, uh-huh. it, you'd cling to anything because well, yeah. you've been told yeah, by someone yeah. that this is going to make you money. Well, sod it, I'll try it I'll, because what's the alternative? If, yeah, it, yeah. if it hadn't gone to the king's physician and that, mm. and it was accepted... Where would have that ended? Because it, it was it was shut down quite quickly. But if everyone believed it was happening and no one had suspicions that she was putting it up there, well, I suppose like, oh, like you just keep like I don't know if in the game and like, I don't know if it was the idea was from sale of pamphlets that they make money, if it was from you know people visiting the rabbit woman of Godling uh, Godalming. Mm. No, but my point is you can't keep putting rabbits up there and expecting money. I don't think they were thinking. Oh, I don't think they were thinking that far ahead. Yeah. No. You're I, a, I wouldn't have thought because when you, it's when just you're that poor, if they were, it's clearly such a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> if they were thinking ahead, they would have thought of it. And oh, gone, it's not like okay, uh, month one no, rabbits, no. six months in, yeah, we're doing roast think ham. Got like yeah. a six. <laughs> think about it this way: you, your person who's in a comfortable position <laughs> is the one who's going to do the white collar crime and is going to uh-huh. do the long con and you know try to manipulate the stock markets. It's your crackhead who needs a fix, who does the thing that's just impulsive and, I can get money now! <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's in that kind of boat where it's, if I can get some money now, that's money I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even if it goes away in a couple of months, I've still got some money. Maybe I can do something with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. She disappeared from history after that, 1740, until her death in 1763, when the London newspapers published her obituary as a way of going over the entire affair again and having another good laugh at yeah. the doctors who believed it was true. Bearing in mind that um, Andrade was still alive at that point because he lived so old that yeah. they managed to have another good laugh at him. And it, I don't know if he was in the almshouse at that point, but he definitely had the issue with Molyneux, so it's like they could really rake him over the coals yeah. again. All the original pamphlets published by the doctors involved in the case can be read on archive.org, as can the satirical account of Mary Tuft. And amazingly... One of these pamphlets uh, carries a preface written in 1774, so way after Mary's death, hmm. by an unnamed man midwife that still insists that the account of St. Andrade is true and points to a similar case in 1773 of a French woman giving birth to four toads. <laughs> <laughs> the best bit for me, though, of this pamphlet... At the same time. Yeah. A, a, I don't know, a clutch of toads? <laughs> oh. Were they alive? Yeah, yeah. That's even better. Well, it? yeah, she was she was up in the game. Oh, yeah. But my favourite bit is, if you if you want to sort of check how, how much you should take this pamphlet in terms of truth, uh-huh. it was printed in Bath, and the little thing underneath saying where it was printed is this, printed and folded by Sarah Barwell below the steps near the pump room. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll leave you to, to decide if that pamphlet's... Uh, yeah, a, a trusted source Legit or, or not. not. Yeah. <laughs> in but, the pump room? Well, that's... Near, that's, that's near, oh, it's... Yeah. You know, because it's normally uh, published by Oxford University yeah, Press, Oxford. Yeah. It's yeah. printed by Sarah 
below the stairs near the pump room. You know, you know Sarah. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> if you go to bath. She's always there. Yeah. <laughs> Printing things for people. That's <laughs> what she does. Yeah. So that is the story of Mary Toft, the rabbit woman. That was gross. That was, yeah, cracking. I enjoyed what, that. Was it great? And if, now this is this is the special thing, if you lift your water, and if you lift the book and the Kindle e-reader, what you will find is a book. And that's for you two. Oh. There you go, see? The Rabbit Queen. Ugh. And the reason that you're getting that unread book is Why because... Why is it so greasy? I bought it to be a source for this and then realised it's a dramatisation of the situation and not a historical book. Oh, good. Ooh. Which meant I couldn't use it, but... Mary had yeah. a little lapan. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. Bedtime reading, Kate. Bed- yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I gave away the end. Spoilers! Hi there, it's Emma, Chief Organiser at Consistently Eccentric. Here to remind you all that if you like what you hear, you can catch up with all previous episodes and session series by searching for us on Acast, Spotify and iTunes. How fancy. You can also join us on Instagram at Consistently Eccentric Podcast, where we update on the weekly episode and post all of our bonus content for you lucky lot. See you next week.